Welcome to Back to Devi, the only Devi podcast brought to you by Campus to King. We are your host. I'm Mike Valerie. This is Corey Pereira. Corey, what is that? What is that last name? Is that Canadian? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. It's Pangean, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, last week we talked about freshman sleepers. So now it is time for a freshman mock draft. But first, Corey, with the news. Uh, yeah, heading over to Oregon to start, and we're looking at their new transfer wide receiver, Treshawn Holden, coming over from Alabama. He's actually dismissed from the team following some trouble with the law. Uh, he's facing charges including menacing, unlawful use of a weapon, and coercion. So uh, I'm not sure what the future holds for him, uh, but it's not looking very good. We've got some more legal troubles with uh, LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Um he is in trouble with the law as well, getting arrested on a weapons charge early Monday morning. Uh, he's apparently out of jail already, and there hasn't been many details to come out yet, but it's a tough blow for someone that I personally consider uh, as a top five wide receiver in the 2024 class. Um, heading over to some coaching news now. Right, uh, he, the got po- that, he got that dog in him, Corey. He's got that dog in him. <laughs> yeah. um, heading over to some coaching news now. The Baltimore Ravens have hired uh, Georgia offensive coordinator Tom Mo- Todd Monken to be their new offensive coordinator. Uh, Monken's kind of helped uh, lead a pretty potent offense uh, at Georgia for two, uh, two back-to-back titles uh, in the national championship. Um, in his place, they're going to promote Mike Bobo, who used to be at UGA uh, back in the day as their OC for a stretch uh, early in the 2000s. I believe actually helps hit the record for the most points per game during his last season there. Uh, that's something that Monken couldn't beat well during his time there. So hopefully there's some hope there that we might not see too much of a change in that offense. Uh, more coaching news as we head over to your Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they finally found an OC in Houston's offense. Uh, I don't want to be associated with Miami like that. <laughs> too, too bad. Too bad. You found your new offensive coordinator in Houston. Offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson. He's been part of a pretty potent offense over there at Houston the past few years. Uh, his offense will hopefully revive this hurricane offense that was 97th in the country last year in points per game uh and after losing their offensive coordinator to alabama Notre dame promotes from within and they promote former tight ends coach uh jared parker to be the new offensive coordinator not a huge track record to kind of learn from um besides two uninspiring seasons as the play caller in west virginia but he did help shape and mold michael mayer into a potential first round pick so uh that all wraps up the news for this week just a reminder that the nfl combine is just a just over a week away uh, and make sure you're keeping it locked on all things campus can to make sure you don't miss a thing through the draft process uh, and speaking of campus Canton, we are a week away from the release of our one-of-a-kind freshman supplemental draft that will give you all the details on this year's freshman class and help you maneuver those tricky supplemental drafts uh, and with that we also have the Devi guide coming the cff co- guide coming uh, loads of off-season co- content coming your way there's really a never never a better time to become a member over at campuscanton.com and get the leg up on all your league mates. Treshawn Holden, man. I think some, some were saying he was wide receiver one last year. Yeah, there was a few out there. He had, he had his posse out there for sure. But yeah, no, he's Uh, he's just. (laughs) You know what many are saying? Many are saying that uh, Ravens are going to make a move for Stetson Bennett, QB one. (laughs) Lamar Jackson going out. Is there Ravens in the USFL? I'm not sure if there is. All right. Let's let's head on over to our player profiles. Uh, we're going back to the running back pool. Uh, we know we've been neglecting tight ends, so we are, will be talking tight ends next week. I'm letting Corey know right now. We will be talking about. Unfortunately, can anybody yeah. sub in for me next week? If you can, let me know. Hit my DMs. 
Chris <laughs> he loves tight end. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, but no, we're talking about Roshan Johnson and Dwayne McBride tonight. Just two guys being talked about on Twitter this week. You know how there's there's flavors each week. This is kind of how it goes. So. Um, but we're gonna start off with Roshan Johnson here, uh, Senior Bowl uh, participant, six foot two, two hundred twenty three pounds. For rushing this year, he had ninety four attempts for five hundred forty five yards and five touchdowns. Really good efficiency there. I also want to note, dude, that that's like his uh, that's his third lowest uh, rushing market share, by the way, from like the last uh, four years he's been playing. Just thought it was interesting. Um, and then his receiving was fourteen for 128 yards and one touchdown. I do want to note he had a negative dot, but he did line up 12 out of his 110 pass snaps out wide. So that was interesting. And I do want to say this too. He had 46 missed tackles forced on 94. That is a very elite uh, percentage of missed tackles forced per carry. And he also was kind of scheme agnostic. He ran both zone and gap scheme pretty evenly, pretty break down the middle even. Uh, Corey, you want to? You won't start off. I'll start off. I'll start off. <laughs> Roshan Johnson. First off, love the size. That's that's what you want in your your starting running back size. I think he flashes some nice high level athleticisms. There's multiple hurdles on his tape. He does have some really good stiff arms. He he shows great power, uh, but uh, I do think he's like. A little bit slower, though, but let me talk more about his skill set. I do think he does show a complete skill set because you want the high-level athleticism. Otherwise, you're just kind of a very bland, something to hang your hat on. But he does pass the catch the ball well. Excuse me. He does catch the ball well. He does pose a yak that once he catches the ball, too. He didn't just stand the headlights while he transitions to being a runner. He's very good at finding the gap. I think he's a patient runner. I think he runs with power. Um, for a guy his size, too, he's really not afraid to kick it out wide, which I did find that being very interesting because usually guys his size just want to hit the hole or make a hole. So seeing him beat defenders to the line was kind of surprising to me and encouraging. So I do think he has a complete skill set, um, which is kind of weird because I do have him. I had him as like a, an early day three grade. So me saying that he has a complete skill set is giving me a lot of uh, Damian Pierce like vibes from last year mm-hmm. where I like think he flashed enough to be a full workhorse, but uh, being that he split a backfield with Bijan the whole time, like really kind of just rubs me the wrong way that he wasn't like the one somewhere else or left somewhere else to just go be his own RB one for another power five program. I mean, there's plenty of them out there that needed them. So I, I don't like that he had split the backfield, but I do want to say this too about his athleticism. I thought that he, um he looks slow. I thought he looked slow. I definitely saw him get caught from behind a few times. Uh, I don't know what his straight line speed is but like Corey, i want to ask you if you like what do you think his like 40 time is because I'm, I'm thinking he's like a back end four five maybe four six type of guy i think when you watch the tape i think that that kind of sounds about the area i would say too but then you know i'm surprised you know i'm looking i'm doing some research and stuff and apparently this guy's been clocked at at 22 miles per hour which i'm not sure i fully believe it'd be incredible at his size but you know maybe he's more of this type of guy who's who who builds up speed rather than someone who's like quick off the ball or whatever and that's why he kind of looks clumsy sometimes and i will say you know you're talking about him running behind Bijan all this time there was a time before Bijan got there there was a guy by the name of Keontae ingram everybody was very excited about him at texas i think you could arguably say that when 
Ingram got his chance. Roshan took him over in that first year, about halfway through the year after Keontae couldn't really uh, take hold of the job. But I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, when he didn't have a guy like Bijan in front of him, he was kind of able to take over that backfield. So that's something that kind of stood out a little bit about him as well. Um, I think another thing that stands out about him when you're talking about Roshan is uh, just how much of a high character kid he is. You know, if you kind of hear like the Texas staff talk about him, like any of the past few years, really, um, you're going to hear shit like selfless. You're going to hear stuff like leader, uh, high work ethic. Um, so I think on top of being a pretty decent player, you're getting someone who's going to make an impact in the locker room, which I think is a pretty big thing. Now, as a player, um, I think it's a pretty interesting prospect. You know, huge frame, can do a little bit of everything, can run, can catch the ball, uh, even return kicks a little bit, didn't do, do too much. And, and he honestly blocks his ass off. Like you were talking about how he's lined up uh, outside on those uh, 12 out of his 110 passing snaps or whatever. He blocks a lot of the time on those stretch plays and whatever. They run a lot of these uh, two backfield sets as well, where he's the lead blocker for Bijan. He would just take dudes out. So very good skill set that way. Um, I wouldn't say he's a great pass catcher, more of like you're just like dump offs and swing outs and stuff. And he did, he did struggle with drops a little bit as well. Um, and, and I saw like a, a concerning downward trend in usage for him. You know, if you look at like the first six weeks, he caught 12 balls, was very involved in the past game. And then for the rest of the season from week six on only caught two balls the rest of the season. I don't know if there was an injury there, if he was dealing with anything with his hand or anything like that, but for some reason the involvement completely died off. Um, so I don't know what happened there, but as a runner, Physical beast. This guy's impossible to get on the ground. 4.28 yards after contact per attempt. That's third in this entire class. Um, I do find his footwork a little bit clunky as a runner. Um, a little bit upright, not the quickest guy in short areas. Kind of to be expected at that size a little bit. But yeah, a little bit too, a little bit upright for me. Doesn't change direction as quick as you'd like sometimes. Yeah, he, he um, drives those feet, man. But he's going nowhere fast. But he, I mean, those feet are always going somewhere. They're going somewhere. But. Yeah, like he, he almost dances like he thinks he's really athletic sometimes like the feet worker is just a little bit all over the place. He needs to refine it a little bit, you know? So I think in, with Roshan, you're getting a versatile, versatile player. Um, he's got tools, can do a little bit. Of everything uh, is maybe a little bit unrefined. Like we were just talking about, you know, he strikes me as someone on an NFL team. Uh, that would be like a running back too, like someone you'd love to have as your backup. Good, good locker room guy, someone who can do a little bit of everything, but he's not someone that I'm, I'm kind of as high on as, as everybody else. He's coming in around like somewhere around like RB 12 for me right now. He's in the same area for me. I did have him great. I'm trying to pull up my grades right now. I should have had that up, up earlier, but <laughs> I think I had him around my, um my RB like 15. I think I'm going to move him up to like my 12, 11 area. I actually have my grades up right now. What do I have? I have him at 15. I'm going to be moving him up to, yeah, I'm going to be moving him up to 12. Um, I'm going to put him right next to Tajay, and I'm bumping him up in front of Eric Gray. So that's where I think he's going to go. In front of Eric Gray. Now we're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next guy. Let's talk about Dwayne McBride, UAB running back, uh, 5'11", 215 pounds. For rushing, he had 233 attempts for 1,702 yards. Yes, uh, nine touchdowns. I do have to mention five fumbles, uh, which makes a grand total of nine fumbles the last two seasons. Uh, And then for receiving, he had a nice, robust two for 10. Two for 10. That's soon going to be a fast food probably deal, honestly. Um, uh, He has 40-plus yard rushing attempts in seven of his 11 games this past season. So he's breaking off big runs on a regular basis. And the only game where he had less than 100 yards rushing was against LSU, his only Power 5 opponent. We do have to mention that. Mm. Corey, do you want to start this one off for us? 
Uh, yeah, I'll start on Mr. Dwayne McBride. Uh, I'm going to start out by saying I think I think you know obviously a guy with great size, um, clearly gets off the ball fast. You know, good good burst uh, and some great contact balance as well. If you're just talking about Roshan Johnson being uh, 4.4.2 something or whatever yards per, uh, after contact being third in the class. He's at 4.6 yards per uh, after contact per attempt. Obviously, different uh, levels of competition, but. Uh, I believe that number is near the top of the class or it might even be the top of the class. You know, you've got an impressive career rate of 4.93 as well. So this is a guy who constantly breaks tackles. Um, Uber efficient guy, big play threat, um, doesn't have a year under 6.7 yards per carry, uh, career average of 7.2 yards per carry and had at least 25, 15 plus yard rushes in each of the last two seasons. Um, and like you were saying about the hundred yard rushing, I mean, dating even back to last season, he's gone over hundred yards rushing in 14 of the last 16 games and went actually over 120 rushing yards in every game this season outside of that LSU one. So believe me, I can see what people like in him. Um, if you're going to bet on a player in the G5, especially at running back, they better be dominating their competition like that. Um, but that also brings me to like my first issue with, it, with with his profile is the level of competition, right? He dominated it for the most part, but also kind of had this strange start to last year where he finally got his chance to be the guy, um, but only went over 100 yards in two of the first eight games and almost fumbled away the entire lead job before kind of picking it up at the back half of the season and carrying it into this season, um, which also brings me to my next issue, the fumbling, like you were talking about. Five this year has nine fumbles over the past two years alone. That's going to get you in the doghouse pretty quickly if it translates over to the NFL as well. Um, and again, the last part of the profile that bugs me the most is the complete lack of threat as a receiver uh only five career receptions and it's not like UAB didn't throw it to their running backs either it was it was just not him when they decided to um so if you're looking at it from like a general summary kind of put these things all together I kind of think you're looking at it's possible at least that you're looking at a two down banger from the G5 with a fumbling problem and almost zero receiving threat you know I think that strikes me as a hard hill to climb even if you're an excellent rusher so while I understand some of the love he gets um he's somewhere in like that rb16 area for me right now and it's just not somebody that i'm going to have a lot of shares of yeah there's just no way nfl team should pay a premium price for a guy offering them like one-fifth the product yeah um but i do want to say this though he he is like i think he's the best pure runner we've seen come out of the g5 for years and now mm-hmm. like you're probably like wow that must mean a lot it doesn't i don't know the last <laughs> one maybe it was kareem hunt but like there just isn't good running backs coming out of the g5 period lou um, nichols had have, like, club a, for a while yeah yeah lou nichols was yeah some some were saying that he should go to alabama some were saying that <laughs> um, but uh yeah there's just not good good top tier like rushers there's like good complete skill sets but like they're not they're not uh boasting physical traits of a uh, NFL running back. But, no, I think he runs with great uh, pad level. He destroys arm tackles. He's really hard to bring down. Uh, I do see him get caught from behind quite a bit, even though we did just list off saying that he has 40-yard rushes in seven of his 11 games. I think he gets caught from behind a little too often there. Um, And he has improved in pass pro. I remember it being really god-awful last year, and I thought it looked pretty decent this year. So it's encouraging to see that he's really improved on that aspect of the game because he can get on the field a little bit more for that. And then we talked about the ball security issues, the lack of pass catching. He is, as Corey said, a uh, short area, short yardage, early down banger. Like That's what he is for me, too. I think he's a locked-in day three guy, Um, maybe like like a fifth-rounder. I don't think it's going to be a fourth. I think he's going to be a fifth rounder, maybe six. Some people out there are pretty high on him right now. What, is he top five in some of the rankings out there? Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw I saw Lance Zerline had him at four. I think yeah. Kuiper's 
old ass had him up there too. Kuiper had like Devonta Price last year, super high up, and ended up being a UDFA too. Yeah. Anyway, it's just all um, about the grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's still an excellent rusher. Has been super efficient with the ball on the ground. I just, I think he's gonna. He's going to be the early down back in a committee. I would love to see him go to like the Buffalo Bills, for example, who seem to like only get these small little shrimp running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're more than content with letting Josh Allen, their their whole franchise, like Larishka's body, which, by the way, Josh Allen probably enjoys doing that type of stuff. But for their smart investment choices, they should really get him an early down banger. They should really get him a goal line back. Maybe maybe Roshan Johnson. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, they really I, should. So, oh, yeah, I, go ahead, Corey. No, I was going to say, I think the truth is, though, with running backs, sometimes you can end up wildly wrong on guys, you know, because he is a productive rusher. And really, all you need is a James Robinson situation where you either have an incumbent who's ready to leave or you have an injury in front of you. You make a couple of flashy plays in, in preseason and all of a sudden you're the lead running back. Like It, it can happen, right? And he's a good rusher. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's out of the realm possibility. It's just not something I'm willing to bet on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh and then given the opportunity, I think that's a fine bet, too. I know people were betting on Pacheco, who had good news camp reports coming out. But, like, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. What rookie doesn't have good camp reports coming out? <laughs> yeah. like Jalen Tolbert had good ones. Um, but I, I could I could kind of buy that one if he's behind. I can't think of one right now, but some sort of failing running back, and he's, like, playing behind him and getting hype. I can kind of buy into that a little bit for sure. All right, Corey, let's get into our freshman mock draft. First one of the season. Um. I hate I hate Corey's draft strategy. You guys will find out why I hate it here pretty soon. Um, but I gave myself the 101, and I'm going to start off with the best quarterback prospect there's been in in what, probably probably since T Law, honestly. Um, and that's going to be Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson is going to a coach, Lincoln Riley, who has like what three Heisman winners the last five years. He's just a quarterback whisperer, um, and just turns out high level quarterbacks to the nfl so i'm gonna go with the guy who's one in my opinion the most talented guy out there but also going to to the best possible coach you could possibly go to out there as well so give me malachi nelson going to usc you're muted which reflects how bad your draft is about to be but go ahead Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, Mike doesn't like me because I don't draft a a lot of QBs early, I guess sometimes. And he's going to tell me I'm crazy for not taking one here. And honestly, I love the guy that you take in the next spot. He was definitely in consideration for me here. Um, But given how thin this running back class is and and feels uh, at the top, you know, and and some of the depth at quarterback as well, um, I feel pretty good about my chances of picking up somebody that I still like. So I'm taking my running back one and a guy that's head and shoulders above the competition right now for me. And that's Cedric Baxter going over to Texas um, guy with really natural instincts, has a complete package size speed. Um, and with a, with the way their room looks right now, I wouldn't even be surprised if he gets some good playing time in year one. And if he kind of shows out, can maybe take over the back half of the season. Cause I'm not big on Jonathan Brooks. Uh, Jadon blue is kind of faded into nothing. Uh, they also have Keelan Robinson over there who I'm not big on. So I think he has a good chance of putting up some good points uh, in year one. And, and, and I'm happy to take him here at one Oh two. Uh, side note here, I actually recently wrote Jonathan Brooks' profile for the Debbie Guide. I actually kind of came a little impressed. I actually was. I know it's very limited touches, but I, I saw a little <laughs> some flashes. I, I well, thought it was better than I thought. He'll have his opportunity this year, that's for sure. At least for half the year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Corey picked a guy that was head and shoulders above the competition. I'm going to pick a guy with great knees and toes. I'm going to talk about Dante Moore. 
Dante, Dante Moore is a, <laughs> he's a fantastic game manager, but he's also got a really good arm too. So usually like people are talking about game managers. I think of like players like Jimmy G, you know, where they're not really excited of their upside. They're just, you know, good enough to get it done. But I do really think Dante Moore offers that upside. He is very ready. Um, no one asked me, but uh, the Debbie debate did talk about who's starting week one. Uh, for me, put me on the uh, college Schley train. That's going to be my vote. I just don't think freshman QB start. I just don't think it's a thing. It's a myth. It doesn't exist. Uh, but, you know, if Schley messes up, I'm I'm going to speak for everyone and be really excited about Dante Moore because that's going to be the Debbie asset on the team. And then also they have no pass catchers, in my opinion. I'm not a Sturdivant fan. I think he's okay. He's okay. But I don't, I don't think he's a Debbie <laughs> yeah, guy. I don't think he's a Debbie guy. So I'm really excited to see, like, what pass catchers come in next year, hopefully. Hopefully get some flips. Anyway. 103 is Dante Mora, which, in my opinion, I think Corey's too kind of hinted at it. That's the end of our tier one for QBs. Is that correct, Corey? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, okay. kind of a drop off there. There is kind of like a top five that I think is going to hold value regardless. Yes, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But those two are like the two I want when I'm looking at this. Yeah. For yes. Sure. Highly coveted. All right. Give us your 104. All right. I'm going with my wide receiver 1A in the, in this case. Um and uh, I'm going to go with Zachariah Branch going over to USC. Um, you know, with Dante Moore gone, I just kind of went with the best player available here. Um, he's kind of my newly minted wide receiver one because the other guy that I actually ended up with later in this draft we'll talk about, um, he's kind of still my wide receiver 1B. But this guy is just a freak, right? He's got the crazy spe- speed. He's earning the Tyreek Hill comp. He's earning the Jalen Waddle comps. And he kind of deserves it, man. Like, he's, he's fast. He's a little bit raw on the route running aspect of his game. Um, but I think with USC's unsettled room, I think he kind of has a chance to hop in there year one, hopefully contribute year one. Mario Williams is, hasn't really stepped up in the way we were hoping. They got kind of a lot of a lot of am- ambiguity there. There's a lot of talent in that room, but not really a guy that's stepped up. And I think that he's versatile enough to kind of step in, make plays right away with that kind of speed, make a couple big plays, and really jump up in the rankings by this time next year. It's a great pick here. My wires here one at the 105, and that's going to be Brandon Ennis. Uh, he's a, both these players are in our tier ones of wide receivers. Brandon Ennis to me, he's going to Ohio State. Brian Hartline, the best quarter, not quarterback, excuse me, the best wide receiver coach in college football right now. Obviously, they're turning out talent like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, JSN's about to head up there. You got Emeka Buka and Harrison coming, and I think the next guy on that list is going to be Brandon Ennis. Uh, so Brandon is, is a very refined route runner and he, he's got a lot of dog in him too. Like he likes, he's competitive. He's a competitor. Uh, I also recently just wrote his, 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 uh, page last night. I learned way too much about him. I found out that he played lineman up mm. until he was like 10 years old. And some coach reached out being like, Hey, your son's like more physically developed than everybody else. We need to teach him how to play wide receiver. And then he like got on the circuit right away, like from 11 years old on and was like playing against what's today's like, you know, five-star players so he's been around high level competition his entire his entire uh athletic career so it's been really encouraging i don't i don't think he's gonna struggle at all either the way some of these like no like small area guys are like guys coming from like the midwest i mean he's coming from florida he's he's been around some really high level talent so uh brandon in his 105 ohio state yeah, it's a great pick there. He was a very refined wide receiver. I love his route running, love his footwork and stuff like that. Like he's got a great situation there as well. And he, he has the room to become a stud, but there's a lot of guys going there as well too. It's just like, hopefully we don't end up with another uh, Keon Gray situation where the one I, we're betting on the most. Man. I, just, I just <laughs> not believe it's going to happen. I really do think he's just that talented. I just don't see it. Yeah. I'll be well, crushed. let's hope. Let, let's hope so. 
Uh, a 106, um, I alluded to it earlier. This guy is my wide receiver 1B, uh, and I'm going back to USC for another stud wide receiver. And uh, I'm taking Makai Lemon, um, who hooks up with his former high school quarterback uh, in, in Malachi Nelson, explosive offense. This guy is the kind of the, uh, I'd say he's the technical and refined yin to Zachariah's explosive yet unrefined Yang. You know what I mean? Like these two guys could really work well uh, with each other. Very complimentary uh, when it kind of becomes, you know, maybe them as a group by, uh, by 2024 with, with lemon um, Nelson and branch. I think this could be a really exciting offense and I'm excited about getting my wide receiver one B here at one Oh six. Love it. Love it. I I'm also super high on Kai. He, he's my two. I had them greater right next to, to Ennis. Like, I mean, they really are like, you yeah. said 1A and 1B did before, but he's, yeah, he's the same top three for us. I'm going here with my wide receiver four at the 107. That's going to be Jonte Cook, uh, Texas commit. I uh, My early analysis, I thought that there wasn't a better receiver in the class at attacking angles than Jonte Cook. He also has an insane wingspan. I believe he won the hands competition at the All-American, or he came in second place, first or second. I know it's one of those two. He's a great Excuse me. He's a great athlete, six foot one seventy. He'll put on the extra fifteen pounds by the time the combat rolls around. Not worried about it. But he is extremely talented, and uh, I do very much respect Austin Nance's wide receiver analysis. He, I think he that's his wide receiver one or wide receiver two. But his hot take saying was saying that Jonte Cook could lead the room at, as a wide receiver. I'm not really sure if I believe in that, but I'm in on Jonte Cook. I am definitely in, and that personally for me wraps up the tier one of wide receivers. Yeah. And I think there's a pretty solid tier break there after a wide receiver. So I'm heading back into the running back. Well, and I'm heading to my running back to heading over to Alabama with justice Haynes. Um, there is some decent options at quarterback still on the board here, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and lock up uh, uh, my, my RB two in this draft as well. Uh, probably the most dynamic runner at, at the top of this class, bring some solid size. He's really got that elite stop start ability and, and the quickness, you know, shows off some hands as well. He could kind of be like the next, um, even though going to the same place now, it's just kind of funny to make that comparison, but he could kind of be the next Jameer Gibbs type that we talk about, at least in Debbie circles for years to come, that he might not ever hit the weight we want to see, but he has such elite uh, like quickness and, and hands and open field ability and be change of direction, be able to cut against the grain. Like he's, he's a fantastic runner, probably the most dynamic runner at the top of this draft. So I'm happy to get my RB2 here at 108. I am going to roll the dice here with my next pick. I am picking... Deuce Robinson, tight end, Boo. uncommitted, uncommitted, <laughs> uncommitted. I'm going to tell you what here, man. He, I believe in him. I believe he's going to play football. He's got to wake up one day and realize that's where the money is at. Like, he's going to love both sports. He can probably play both sports wherever he wants to go. But the future has got to be football. He's got to know. And I know that they've debated on David debate on if you want, like, the player that is fully committed to football or the player that's like the multi-sport athlete, which I think was actually a really interesting and fun debate to listen to, honestly. Um, but I, I do believe Robinson does commit to football eventually. And with his skill set, he is the like clear tight end one of this class. I think he's the most projectable to being successful in the NFL too. He really does have that skill set. He's six foot six, two twenty five. He'll put on the extra weight. Uh, I know that his two crystal ball locations right now are Georgia and and uh, USC, I really hope he goes to USC. I think it's favorite Georgia right now, the tight end university, which is fine. That's fine. I like that. But like, I, I'd rather give him get on the field early and USC just doesn't have any size guys. And we just talked about Zachariah Branch, who's like five foot nine. So 
they just don't have size over there. So I think he'd be more of an early impact over there. Again, tight end Deuce Robinson is my 109. I am I am uh, really clenching my butt here, hoping that he commits because I, I really do believe it. Yeah, I wouldn't be caught dead taking a tight end round of one, but hey, to each his own. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, at this point in the draft, too, I just want to see how long I can keep going without taking a quarterback, maybe, maybe just to piss you off a little bit or maybe just to take all the running backs so you wouldn't get any. And I know I'm taking this guy's pretty high on your list. I believe he's your running back, too. So I'm heading back to the running yeah. back well, and I am taking UGA commit Roderick Robinson, um, 6'1", 230 pounds, uh, been clocked at above 21 miles per hour, which puts him in some elite company with that size-speed combination. He's going to join the running back university over at Georgia, has great success putting backs into the NFL, and he's going to get the attention he needs over uh, over there to get the draft capital he needs to succeed at the next level. That does cap off my tier one for running backs. I'm not sure if that's the same for you, but it's just those three. Yeah, my, I kind of have Baxter alone right now, and then like a small break, mm-hmm. and then and then Haynes and Roderick right under him. But yeah, I could say I could put them all in 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 one group. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so going over to one eleven, I will be taking another quarterback. Getting frustrated at Corey from not taking quarterback, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to take Jackson Arnold here, Oklahoma commit. Uh, he's a five star uh, quarterback. He's six foot one, two hundred, a little bit on the shorter side. But I think he's what they wish Dillian Gabriel was. Like, I really do. I think he he has the same skill set, but the much higher ceiling to to just refine that skill set. He's he's faced super tough competition in Texas for the entire his entire uh, high school career there. I think he's got a quick release, shows a strong arm, gets some good velocity on intermediate and downfield throws. I, I just think he does have all the tools, but also like the rushing upside that some of these guys don't have. Uh, like the quarterback coming up next here for Corey. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to finally bite the bullet, uh, grab myself my first quarterback, and I am taking Arch Manning committed over to Texas. Now, uh, part of the reason of this pick is this one comes with some name value, right? Even though that, you know, we've talked about it before, we have concerns about the level of competition or uh, his refusal to play any all-star game this circuit. Um, this is a guy who's going to come with every tool at his disposal to continue to get better. And he, he's a guy who's going to have insulated value, should hold that value through even just the next two years alone, just, just based on name, because he's not going to touch the field at all, barring something crazy in year one. Um, so I'm taking the insulated value here. I'm taking the name brand of Arch Manning, uh, and I'm grabbing him my last pick here. And maybe I'm going to end up flipping him for a quarterback down the line. And see, that's that's why this this strategy is still beautiful because I know he's going to have value for me for two years down the line. And maybe I can flip him for somebody that I like a little bit better. Maybe I can flip one of these running backs. So you don't have to take a quarterbacks like crazy in a superflex draft. You don't. I guess that's true. There were like random Keaton Slovis Colts out there. There was DJU Colts out there. They yeah, were holding yep. out hope for forever. Dude. <laughs> uh, let me recap the first round. 101, you had Malachi Nelson. 102, you had our combined RB1 here, Cedric Baxter. 103, Dante Moore. 104, Zachariah Branch, the speedster USC wide receiver. 105, we had the technician and Brandon Innes. 106, another technician and Makai Lemon going to USC. 107, we had Jonte Cook the second, who, by the way, was the guy that was cl- clowning on other colleges while he was visiting them. It was pretty funny. Great kid. Mm-hmm. Really entertaining kid. 108, Justice Haynes, running back going to Alabama. 109, we had our first tight end off the board, Deuce Robinson. We think he's playing tight end. He might be playing outfield. Who knows? But hopefully, hopefully tight end. 110, we had Roger Robinson the second, 230 pounds, runs like almost 23 miles per hour. Deuce just a fucking tank. 
111, we had Jackson Arnold going to Oklahoma, quarterback, and then wrapping up the first round with Arch Manning, the guy that has all the tools um, but refuses to play a higher level of competition. So hopefully that works out for him in the future, <laughs> especially making the jump to the SEC. I mean, gosh, what a jump. <laughs> from tiny private school sector to sec and then people think yeah. he's gonna start week one that's just ridiculous no way so there's no way no it's gonna take him like at least a year and a half to adjust all right let me go into the 201 here Corey finally took his quarterback i'm on i'm on uh i'm, I'm just revolting i'm on strike so i don't <laughs> take a quarterback here i take my top of my tier two wide receivers, I take Jerry on Dickey. He's like six foot, what, six foot two, two ten, something like that. Uh, comp to AJ Brown, and you can see that too in his film. Like he looks like AJ Brown, a young version of him, obviously. Uh, goes to Oregon. Oregon doesn't really have much talent in his wide receiver core outside of Troy Franklin. Uh, but they're they're bringing in some really good talent there. They really are. They're they're cycling in good talents. They have good coaches too. Like you really feel good about the longevity of that program. It's not just you know, one quarterback, and then they're going to die off. So, uh, Jerry on Dickey here is my wide receiver five and uh, going to Oregon. So, yeah, I, I really do like uh, Dickey quite a bit as well, too. And and like we've talked about before, the top of this class is kind of lacking size. He's somebody that I could see eventually kind of getting pushed up there a little bit, even especially if some of their spring reports are good, you know, especially because he might be the one guy with size that can kind of creep up into this group. So, um, yeah, I like that pick there. And since you were so nice enough to leave me another quarterback, now I get two top five quarterbacks without even having to try. They I just fall into my lap here, right? So I'm going to double up on two, on two of them right two here. two of us mock drafting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can play the draft the way I want. Okay. All right. Um, all right. All right. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take some some recruiting sites quarterback one in Tennessee commit Nicholas Yamalieva. Yeah, I think I said that right. See, I'm getting better. That's better than most. Uh, of them yeah, see, there we there. go. There we go. <laughs> uh, yes, we don't like how sl- how skinny he is. We call him Slender Man around here. Yes, he can be a little bit erratic as well. Um, but he's got a huge arm, uh, a lot of arm talent to throw it from all these kind of different angles. He can move around a little bit as well. Um, walked into a great situation there at Tennessee. High powered offense. Um, he certainly is going to need a little bit of refinement, but but I'm going to bet on the pedigree here. And again, some insulated value in another five-star quarterback um, for a few years to come. All right, let's head on over to, uh might be a surprise for some listeners. And this is definitely heavily influenced by our last guest here in, in Matt, big wide receiver guy. Cordell Russell is my wide receiver six. He's a TCU commit, six foot two, 200, running at 22 miles, 22 and a half miles per hour at that size. Goes to Sunny Dykes, goes to TCU. They love the feature of the X. There is no X right there right now. Uh, it's a pretty wide open room. I think he can be a very instant impact player. He is raw technically, but like, you know, you don't really expect technicians to be your XY receivers. So he can learn that over time. But we're banking on the athletics here. And, you know, Quentin Johnson just left, and Quentin Johnson was a pretty high level athletic guy. So I'm not sure if he's that level of athlete, but. Uh, the situation's perfect. He's got a great athletic mold. And then his senior year tape was a huge jump up in in um in development, high point in the ball, great end zone fades, out athleting kids too. Uh, so he's just a great player. So Cordell Russell, who's just underrated overall, uh, is gonna be my my wide receiver six. I'm taking him here at the two oh three. 
Yeah, I love that pick there. Still haven't checked out that senior tape. I kind of actually forgot to. Um, but yeah, apparently took a huge jump in that senior year that I have to go yeah, check You got to dig for that stuff. Some of these kids like, get the offers so they don't want to put their tape online because they just don't need to, which is like, it's true. But like, can you let us nerds look at it? Like, come on. Yeah, like there's a there's a little bit of a lack of senior tape out there already, but yeah, I mean I get it. They got their offers, they're they're already set up. But um, at 204 here, I'm gonna head over to another kind of size uh, speed athlete here, and I'm going with uh, Hakeem Williams. Um, and I kind of fall for this archetype all the time. These size speed athletes all the time, you know. Um, this is a guy that's been compared to Julio Jones for his athleticism. And I mean, just a sneak peek into that. Our team has recorded at 22.2 miles per hour. Is he the fastest wide receiver, I believe, that we have in no, this class? No, because Cordell's 22.5. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Cordell too. So yeah, actually, there's a couple there. guys There's a couple guys above him, actually, depending on what you think of Cameron Selden, if he's actually going to be a wide receiver. But anyways... <laughs> um, yeah, so 22.2 miles per hour at 6'3", 200 pounds. Um, you know, this is the kind of guy that's a little bit unrefined everywhere else. Is kind of winning with his athleticism right now, um, which does worry me a little bit. But this is the kind of guy that if he does put it all together, you might honestly have the highest upside in this class. Kind of the same thing with Cordell Russell as well. So I'm willing to bet on the kind of the size speed freak here and see what happens in the mid, in the middle of the second round. His tape's fun too, man. Do you see him block guys out there? Like he looked like yeah, a, yeah. like a young George Pickens, man. Yeah, he's having, <laughs> good, he's having a good time doing it too. Like you tell he loves it. Yeah. Um, talking about 205 here, uh, Corey, Corey kind of ruined it. We're talking about Cam Seldon. Cameron Seldon uh going to athlete, going to Tennessee. I refuse to acknowledge him as a wide receiver because <laughs> if he's going as wide receiver, he's not going in the first three rounds of this mock draft. I'll tell you that. But yeah, um, his whole background story narrative matches uh, Raheem Sanders. So just think of Raheem Sanders as a prospect, and that's what I'm looking for here in Cam Sound. Just a great athlete. He can catch balls as a running back, not really as a wide receiver. He has he has really clunky hand. It, whatever. Just he's just not a good wide receiver. He just can't run routes. But um, as a running back though, he does have a lot of very high end tools. Goes to a in my opinion, depleted backfield. I have never been a Jabari Smalls fan. I think he was okay. I think he really got the job done, but I, I don't think he's getting much better than he is now. So outside of Jabari Smalls, I think there's nobody in that backfield stopping Selden from taking over. Yeah, he's a super exciting prospect when I looked at him. He just like nobody can even get this guy down, like the way he gets he glides through traffic here. But I mean, this is your first running back you took here in the middle of the second round here at 205. Well, you think it's and, the first running and, back. Yeah, and we even hope it's a running back. See, my strategy is so bad. I'm taking all the running backs from you. And I'm gonna take another one from you here at 206. It's not a good class. We've all acknowledged <laughs> yeah. this. It's not a great running back class outside of the top. Yeah. What? Five, five, three guys? Whatever. I'm yeah, gonna take like, chances we, here. I like three, and then Seldon's like four. Yeah, yeah. We love three, and then everybody else. We're like, maybe, maybe he works out. Yeah, you never know. And maybe this guy's gonna work out for me. And that's Ruben Owens at 206, going over to uh, Texas A&M. Um, and I know the prevailing thought here with people is that uh, people are down on him due to the age, right? I, I. Think he's gonna be ninety or twenty at some point during his freshman season, yeah. uh, which which essentially means he's gonna enter the league at no younger than than twenty three years old, right? Um, just, so so that hope, that's a ding. I hope he doesn't have any girlfriends in high school because he got to call the cops on that shit. <laughs> um, okay, yes, enough age jokes about him now. I as a runner though, I think that he's a pretty quick quick 
twitchy runner. You know what I mean? I think he shows some impressive receiving chops as well. Um, there's a couple things, uh, grabs down the sideline as well, split out, out wide. Um, and I think this is a good situation at Texas A&M where I personally don't think anyone has state claim to that job. Some people want to say that um, Le'Veon Moss is in line for the job. I don't think he did anything that earns that job. I don't think anybody did anything that earns that job. I think Owens could get some real strong run in year one. And maybe if he shows enough, he could be the starting running back uh, for the Texas A&M uh, Aggies uh, by the end of his first, of his freshman season. So Ruben Owens here at 206. I like it. I'm going to go back into the wide receiver. Well, <laughs> I'm going to take Jaden Greyhouse <laughs> here. Uh, Notre Dame wide receiver. He's uh, man, six foot one, two fifteen, two twenty. He's kind of he kind of gets reported between like two thirty five and stuff like that. He's extremely technically refined. He's a very good manipulator, very good possession wide receiver. He just doesn't have that long speed. Um, so hopefully he hits the weight room, maybe loses some weight. I haven't really seen what he looks like, so I'm not. I mean, I haven't seen if it's bad weight. That's what I'm trying to say. So hopefully <laughs> he gets to lose some weight, get a little bit more athleticism in him, but. He does get Sam Hartman as a quarterback uh, year one. And then year two, presumably they switch over to Kenny Minchie, who's a, another quarterback we're pretty high on here at Cavis to Ken. But the quarterback situation should be solved at Notre Dame. And then we'll just see how the, the system goes. Yeah, and I just think we're playing a little bit of chicken here. Now you're just taking all the wide receivers. I'm just going to take all the running backs. We're just going to go back and forth. But I think at the end of the day, what you guys are getting from this is we're not drafting teams here, right? You're kind of seeing where we are on all these players. I'm drafting as if it's kind of like ADP in a sense. Like I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just drafting what I would expect a draft to go by. So I think this is still valuable stuff. This isn't our teams here, right? We're not exactly picking on each other. So I am going to go back to the running back well. And maybe I'm a little bit higher on this guy than consensus would seem to be, at least a little bit. Um, but I'm grabbing LSU's uh, Caleb Jackson heading over there. He's a really interesting back, right? He's got some legit speed, uh, 21.8 miles per hour. Um, he was listed as 200 as a recruit. Um, apparently it was 215 pounds going into his senior season before suffering an injury that ended up taking away most of his season. It was a fractured ankle, I believe. Um, and now he's actually listed at LSU as 222 pounds, which could be a really good thing or it could be a really bad thing. Right. And I think that's probably the biggest question about his profile from everybody, from everybody that's kind of concerned about it is how he looks after losing his injury to that year. If the speed is still there, if everything is still there, but situation wise, he's going to enter a, 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 a crowded, but unspectacular room at LSU, right? You got names like Josh Williams, who was kind of lead back last year, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know who the lead back, but John Emery is there. Noah Kane is there. Um, Two of those guys are gone by next year as well. None of those guys are super impressive. I think that Jackson, with his size, is if he comes back from from the injury um, and looks the same way, he could potentially push for that starting role at least in 2024. So I'm going to take a shot on him here and kind of see what happens. There's risk here, I'll admit that, um, but I'm fine with him here and seeing what happens. I started taking risk out with the 109 with Deuce Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, at the 2-9, man, I go back to uh, Ohio State here. I take Carnell Tate. Uh, he's my wide receiver. Excuse me. I'm a little sick here. I'm about to lose my voice. He's inside my top 10. Uh, I think Ohio State's one of those schools that can develop two wide receivers at the same time. I don't think they can, they can develop three. And so I'm picking my two. It's going to be Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate. And then you guys can do the math and who's ranking I'm tanking because I just don't think this school can develop three guys at the same time. I mean, I would be amazed, but I just don't think it happens. Uh, so Carnell Tate, IMG Academy, six foot two, 190, maybe 200 pounds. Really hard to evaluate his tape because IMG almost runs like a pro style system as a high school. 
so it's not like he's like showing off a lot of double moves or anything like that. But he does seem to show off a, a decent level of athleticism while showing off some elite receiver play. And obviously, IMG is like the best football school. So I'm kind of trusting that the pedigree here with that one. But I don't know uh, if I can say he's a technician. He's definitely not a Brandon Ennis, Makai Lemon level technician. That is very clear from his tape. But I don't think he's a he's a zero either. So Carno Tate. Yeah, and I gave Mike a mulligan here because he's been a little bit under the weather this week, I guess. But he, he totally forgot about Carnell Tate. About midway through the third round, I kind of mentioned his name, and he was like, oh, my goodness. And so yeah, he, he placed him here and then moved the whole draft down. So he kind of cheated. But I'm going to let him do it. This is this is for a good cause. Hey, yeah, Corey uh, is so nice. He's got <laughs> his sick co-host. Nice yeah. So, yeah, don't don't you forget it. It's part of being Canadian. I got to be nice. Uh, moving on to my two, 210 here. Right, I'm going to take a, a wide receiver here big wide receiver heading over to lsu i'm double tapping lsu guys here now and i'm heading over with uh shelton samson jr um i kind of took some smaller technician types at the start of this draft so if it was my draft i'd feel kind of comfortable taking some more high upside shots on these side speed specimens like i did in, in this round with hakeem williams and now shelton samson um another guy standing at 6'3, 187 pounds so a little bit thin we're gonna want to see some weight added there but he has a recorded uh 21 miles per hour time. So very athletic kid um, entering a room at LSU that doesn't have much beyond Malik neighbors right now. We'll see what happens with him. Hopefully nothing really comes from long-term from that charge that he's going to have. Um, but yeah, they really don't have anything in the form of reliable options. Neighbors himself is going to be departing in 2024, which is going to be leaving Shelton to have a pretty good chance at maybe breaking this year, this year one zero threshold and potentially start in 2024. If everything goes to plan. Right, let's not forget to mention that Lee Neighbors might be suspended for a little bit. I mean, I just I mentioned that you don't even listen. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to focus <laughs> on breathing right now. <laughs> um, no, I love it though. There's not a lot of sides. You mentioned that earlier too. He's six foot four, 180, a little bit skinny, sure, but it's high school. But I, I do love uh, the pick. It, it's just athleticism and size, and he doesn't showcase yeah. it either, like on his film. I don't think I really don't. Um, but just because he doesn't have to, and I think he knows that too. Like he just kind of beats him from like mediocrity. Like he doesn't have to like give a hundred percent, which yeah. is interesting to me. It's sometimes but, those uh, guys that are winning on that pure athleticism. That's a little bit of a worry a little bit. Cause they, they've, they've never had to refine their craft so much. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you think maybe it's like Chris Hamilton or Chris Hilton? Is that who they have over there? That is LSU? that. Yeah. Another guy that I was, I was way too high on, obviously. <laughs> hasn't really been able to do anything, but again, it's another guy you're betting on the size and athleticism, right? That isn't yeah, kind of been injuries prospect. with him too. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to my two eleven here. Nathan Leacock. He's going to be the end of my tier two wide receivers. Actually. Uh, Leacock is a Tennessee commit. He's been a big riser coming on late here. Huge producer, like uh 1400 receiving yards this year. He's six foot three, two hundred, early signee. So he's already on campus. Uh, he's comp to like T. Higgins, and he's just he's just an ultra athlete. Twenty one like point seven miles per hour, I believe, as a runner. Already has that alpha build. Um, as a technician, he's not really refined. He's kind of kind of stiff hipped. He kind of he kind of stiff hipped, but I, I think he can become as good as a route runner as let's say Cedric Tillman, who's getting third round, second round draft buzz right now. Uh, within three years i mean i really do think he can learn at least that within three years so as far as the player physical development it's already complete he just needs to get the refinement for technician play which again three years he can do that so give me nathan leacock at the 211 yeah and in a great situation there too with an explosive offense that won't necessarily won't have to always 
be so refined, you know, in those big air air raid spread offenses, you can kind of run like simpler route trees and get away with it. So uh, a good spot for him to potentially at least develop as a route runner, you know, early on, he won't be asked much and he can kind of continue to develop there as well. So uh, a nice pick there as well. I'm hoping that he builds that chemistry early with Nico because they come in together. Like maybe they, yeah. you know, freshman bond and stuff like that. They don't have a lot of incumbents there. I mean, Brew McCoy, who cares? And Squirrel Light's going to take over that Hyatt role, which is fine because Leacock's not going to be put in that role. So yeah. I think he's in a good spot with a good opportunity in front of him. Yeah. Um, and I, I, for me, for the last pick of the second round here, uh, I'm heading back to this running back class because I can't get enough. Uh, and I'm heading back to the other Alabama back in this class, and that's Richard Young. He's not as flashy as Justice Haynes is, um, but he's kind of like a hard-nosed one-cut runner, right? And his kind of style would almost benefit, like, adding some weight to his frame, right? If, the guy, if this guy can get more to, like, that 215, like, 220 range, if he makes that a plan for himself, you know, I think that his running style kind of suits that, you know? I think if all things go as planned, his running style would actually be a nice complement to Haynes, like, slashing speedster style um, when these two are eventually kind of hopefully leading the backfield um, by 2024 or 2025, whenever that is, right? So um, I really think that this duo would be, would be nice together. Could help c- kind of carry the torch for that Alabama running back room that keeps giving us um nice nfl running backs all right guys that wraps up the second round let me do the quick recap and try not to die while i'm repeating this (laughs) (laughs) we got the oregon duck commit jerry on dickie at the 201 the 202 we got slender man nico imalieva going to tennessee quarterback at the 203 we have Cordell Russell, who also has really long arms, but he's not slender. He's kind of built. Uh, going to TCU to be the new X there. At the 204, we got the Julio Jones uh, comparison here at Hakeem Williams. At the 205, we have hopefully a running back and Cam Selden. 206, we got uh, Mr. 20 Owen for 20 years old. Ruben <laughs> Owen. We got Ruben <laughs> Owen at the, at the 206. A for it. I really. <laughs> nice man. Uh, uh, Two hundred seven. We have a, another great pick at Jaden Greathouse. Uh, Notre Dame commit going to going to Notre Dame. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're losing it, man. Two hundred eight. We got Caleb Jackson. Corey just emphasized his injury history, but I really do like the pick a lot. I think me and you both are higher than than the recruiting team is on Caleb Jackson for sure. Uh, going to LSU running back. Two hundred nine. We got what is my Wide receiver two at Ohio State and Carnell Tate from IMG Academy. 210, we have a hyper-athlete, uh, alpha-sized Shelton Sampson going to LSU. Plenty of opportunity in front of him. Hopefully, they can find a quarterback, though. Anyway, 211, we got Nathan Leacock going to Tennessee. Uh, great opportunity in front of him. Has a $8 million QB to attach to him. Hopefully, gets that chemistry early. And we just see a nice dynamic duo for three years. And at the 212, uh, we got a head scratcher here uh, in <laughs> Alabama running back Richard Young, who's probably what RB six on the roster, probably not going to touch the field year one, and we'll oh see what happens next God. year when they bring in someone better. <laughs> but Corey, t- Corey, Corey with the great pick at two twelve, Richard Young. <laughs> All right, let's get into the third round here. That's right, we're spoiling you, Jet, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to the third round at the three hundred one. I take Dontavious Braswell, running back, going to South Carolina. I'm kind of banking on opportunity athletics here. I do think he's a decent runner. I just don't think he's excellent. And I do think South Carolina collects these mediocre backs that somehow people actually believe in. I'm talking about 
well, Marshawn Lloyd was really good before his injury, but I just don't think he's that guy anymore. But Zacondre White and uh, I don't know who the like the Daddle or something like that. I, anyway, they have a collection yeah. of a very mediocre talent there, um, but they like to run the ball. So Broswell though does have a very high athleticism, high miles per hour. I want to say it's over twenty-one miles an hour. I think he's already over two ten. I'm I'm banking on the athletics here and the player and the player size. So give me Broswell the three hundred one going to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, somebody that you guys are pretty high on. Somebody I'm a little bit lower on. Wasn't too impressed with the film, but definitely has some athletics to back it up. Uh, somebody that maybe I'll, I'll learn to love a little bit more the more I look at it. But at 302, I'm heading back to Alabama. So I'm taking all the Alabama guys here. Um, my third one, this time heading over to, to wide receiver. Um, and, and, you know, betting on the Alabama wide receiver is never a bad bet to make. So I'm heading over with Jalen Hale. Um, who walks in as our highest recruited wide receiver this year. His skill set's kind of reminiscent of Ja'Cory Brooks, who we've obviously talked about a little bit. He kind of lacks a little bit of dynamic playmaking ability, but he does have good hands, uh, strong at the catch point, really good size, um, has had moments of being the guy for Alabama this year. Um, uh, Jalen Hale himself kind of profiles that similar type of way. Um, could it kind of brings a different skill set than a lot of the guys in that room as well. So um, not the fastest guy, only a 20.1 miles per hour uh, time recorded by a recruiting team here at C2C, which isn't the greatest. Um, and my bigger concern is probably how crowded this Alabama wide receiver room seems to be getting lately. You know, you still got Burton, you still got Brooks there. Um, then you've got Prentice, Law, and Bond last year, who all made strides as freshmen in year one. Um, they're bringing in Malik Benson from Juco, who we're all very excited for. So at some point, somebody's got to got to be the odd man out right so um I, i'm taking a shot on this guy i think he does bring a different skill set which might make him stand out uh, in that in that group right now so maybe he could sneak his way onto the field beat some of those year one zero thresholds so i'm taking jalen hale here at 302 yeah we're all super excited about Corey brooks why not why not add on jalen hale <laughs> but, still, uh... <laughs> still a guy that's ranked routinely as a top 20 wide receiver there's value there not for me, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going over to Kendrick Reese Cano, getting another running back here. Uh, running back came in from Ole Miss. He checks a lot of boxes here. Uh, I think he's a good, complete player. Again, someone I struggle saying like what his ceiling is, but I'm kind of banking on Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin went to like high school games last year. Like he he literally saw Judkins live in person to evaluate these players, and he struck gold. And so I'm almost banking on the coach again here. Uh, clearly, the quarterback situation there is not fantastic. It looks like they're more going to a run-heavy scheme. So I think Reese Connell can be the RB2, like, year one. Uh, but, again, hoping that Lane Kiffin strikes gold again. But I like the profile. I like the system. I like the coach. I like the development. So give me Reese Connell the 302. Or 303, excuse me. And that's your first real running back of this draft. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Thank you. (laughs) So at 304, I'm going to head and take another running back. Um, A guy that you had drafted earlier, I believe. And then I reminded you quickly that you had other guys to take. (laughs) So I ended up getting, (laughs) so I ended up getting him here and that's Jeremiah Love committed to Notre Notre Dame. Um, Six foot, 190 pounds. So a little bit slender for how tall he is. You are going to want to see some weight added there. Um, Has some really good track times, sub 10.8 seconds in the hundred meter. Um, I don't do we have miles per hour time for him I don't have it written here Um, so I'm sorry about that uh, but we do have that somewhere Um, I didn't see a ton of work for him out uh, of split out wide but I thought it was interesting that uh, Alan Tro of of 247 Sports has done some interviews with us on on Debbie debate uh, on the campus Canton channel he seems to think that he could have some legit abilities as a wide receiver 
from the stuff he's seen at the at the camps he's at, at, that Love's been to. So I always love backs with a little bit of a receiving background. Um, there's room at Notre Dame um, by by 2024. It should open up a little bit with guys like Tyree going, Diggs probably going. Uh, I'm not. What year is Estime? And is he done after this year? Or he has another year after that? So no, this is I, just his second year. He's going. To yeah, this is just his. Yeah, he's going to his third year, right? Right, and also uh, yeah. loves miles per hour is 21.4 miles per hour. Yeah, so pretty good time there. Thank you for, for that. So, yeah, so he, he he could have a chance to contribute, um, at least as a pass catching back once Tyree leaves next year. Um, might not see too much of him this year, but uh, I'm willing to take a shot on him here in the third round. At the 305, I'm going back to the quarterback. Well, I'll be taking Sam Levitt, Michigan State quarterback. A lot of us are pretty high on him. I think this is actually a pretty good steal. Um I actually really do. I think he could have gone in the second round of most most mock drafts or most real drafts even. Uh, but the Michigan State quarterback is is pretty complete. He's just it's just such a talented quarterback room that he gets pushed down. But I do think he's probably a top five quarterback any other year the last five years, just not this year. So give me some eleven from Michigan State University. Yeah, anything with us drafting, just us two as well. Quarterbacks, at least the, the the later half of like the top ten starts getting pushed down a little bit because they start feeling like we don't really need to grab them. But these guys could go a little bit higher. Um, I'm not sure about this guy. I, I don't know if I'm high on him or we're high on him as a as a team over here. Um, but at 306, I'm gonna head and take another quarterback committed to Notre Dame. Oh, two Notre Dame guys back to back again. I don't can't even realize I did that. But I'm taking Kenny Minchie. Um, Headed over to Notre Dame. They're pretty impressive kid with a lot of things that I like. Um, gets the ball up quick and maneuver the pocket. Uh, seems to have the, a nice arm. Stout size, 6'1", 215 pounds. So not the tallest, but a nice stout size there. Biggest question, I think, is going to be the durability um, and the experience. You, you really only had one full year of starting uh, in high school due to some injuries. Um, but Notre Dame did bring in Sam Hartman this year. Um, so he should get a chance to sit one year. But, I mean barring some unforeseen circumstances like injury or whatever. And, and he, he could become more of an option in 2024 once he kind of adjusts, get his feet under him um, with that lack of experience. So Kenny Minchie here at 306 for my third quarterback of this draft. I'm going to go back to the quarterback. Well, one last time I'm taking Lincoln Kineholz at the 307, a late flip going to Ohio state really, <clears throat> really crushed my heart because he wants, he's not going to play there. He's not going to play there the first two years. It doesn't matter so much. We just watched Quinn Ewers go there for one year, uh, hand the ball off one time, cash a million-dollar check, and then go to Texas. So, uh, But Lincoln Kinehold, I like him a lot as a quarterback. He switches over there. You only need one year at that system to become a first-round draft pick. I truly do believe that. Uh, so we'll see if he sticks through doing nothing for two years, and then he plays his third year. But I really do like this talent. But I don't think it's also – um, an out of the world possibility that he just goes there, does nothing, and then transfers to another Power Five system. So, give me Lincoln Kynholz at the three hundred seven quarterback. Okay, and at three hundred eight, I'm also sticking with Ohio State, and I'm finally taking the other Ohio State wide receiver, at least the one that's left. I think it ranked in the top fifteen across most services, anyways. But that's Noah Rogers, um, and honestly, like for me. This is a little bit about value as well. This is a guy, this is the kind of value difference you can expect. I think Carnell Tate's probably someone who's going to go in the second. And Noah Rogers might be someone you can get a little bit later in the third or whatever, depending on who you're drafting with. Um, but I think he does a lot of nice things. Like he, he, 
some things that I actually like a little bit more than Carnell Tate. I think he's pretty sharp off the line. Um, I think he shows some nice release moves. Um, seems to get behind the defense, make some acrobatic catches as well. Nice body control. He's got the good frame at 6'2", 195, very similar to Carnell Tate, but he does have a verified 4.5 or a sub 4.5 40-yard dash. Um, I know he saw the decrease in production in his senior year. That's raised some questions with a lot of people, but he had a monster junior year. Uh, he's a big play threat waiting to happen. I think he's averaged over 20 yards per catch past two years so he's going to be joining one of the best offenses in the country for wide receiver production they've had some of the best track record of pushing them into the nfl so Noah rogers is going to be my bet here to go and i just kind of like the value of getting him a little bit later than reaching up for some of those top guys up there yeah i think guys that don't play football are going to be valued too in the third round <laughs> <laughs> you just said the red flags for the lack of production in senior year that's a huge red flag I mean, you said questions a drop I'm- in production it wasn't a lot he had 800 yards from like what 1500 from 1500 you had a monster junior year yeah so that's yeah that's one of the concerns sure but jane you picked jane greathouse at two whatever he had to drop in production his senior season it's not his fault yeah okay yeah move on come on (laughs) let's go (laughs) at the 309 i'm gonna take a guy that averaged more than 20 yards to catch he averaged 22 and i'm taking the yc one for alabama in this recruiting class i'm taking jaron hamilton Jaron Hamilton on our like athletic score is like a 95th percentile athlete for according to like what goes to the NFL. So I'm very excited one about the athlete because he can, you know, move a lot better than Ja'Cory Brooks who can't move at all. By the way, watching Ja'Cory Brooks to write his profile, Corey, I just got super impressed with Bryce Young's ball placement. I mean, that is, if you want your quarterback to get trained really well, just tell Ja'Cory Brooks to try to get open and, and then you have the nice tight window throws all, <laughs> all, all game, all year. Yeah. So anyway. Jaron Hamilton, he uh, comes from Florida. He was a, he was kind of another late riser. I think he was the overall like 493. Then he ends up being a 230 overall player. So big rise. He's kind of a big threat guy. He's a he's a hyper athlete with really good hip flexibility, which means that he can develop as a route runner at six foot one, 190. Already has pro size. He is uh, very raw. All his routes are rounded. Most of his stuff is go routes. So as far as like what route runner he is he just isn't one yet and I mean, that's kind of how it goes for alabama players but with how ambiguous that core is i do think he can get on the field early uh, my main concern though is who's throwing the ball there because if it's Jalen milrow i don't think they're winning many games and i think you know there's gonna be less opportunity for blowouts and that's when the freshmen get on the field i think there's gonna be a lot less of that too so um that will be a struggle if Jalen milrow wins that job but Jaron Hamilton, I think, has the athletics and has he just has the athletics. I'm sorry. I just I can't I can't do this whole Jalen Hale stuff who looks like we all agree he looks like Ja'Cory Brooks. And none of us are excited about Ja'Cory Brooks as a pro potential. And we're just like, well, it's the Bama wide receiver one. He looked I he looked terrible last year. He really did. I, even though he was the one there, he looked bad. And we're it's I a different, it's a different kind of skill set. Sometimes those guys bring things that those other guys can't bring. They bring the size, they bring the strong hands. You know, there's a role for those yeah, guys. Yeah, they're contested the catch guys. What yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but I, I do think the ceiling though is with Jaron Hamilton and he can be more versatile. And I don't think Jalen Hill even has the opportunity to be versatile. Now with that level that level of athleticism, he just does not have that ability to be that versatile. Just a hater. Just a raw hater is what you are. <clears throat> Damn anybody, right. anybody who doesn't break like 21 miles per hour is not in your wheelhouse. <laughs> I, I, Jaden Greyhouse. I like Jaden Greyhouse. Oh, yeah, you do, actually. Okay, I'll give you that anyways. All right. All right. Moving, on, moving on to my uh, 3.3. 10 are we yeah 310 here um i'm going with another one of these size speed specimens in uh, malachi coleman nebraska commit 
Um, a guy that I, I think I'm a little bit higher on than some of the consensus out there, um, at least in some of the mock drafts I've done. He's avail- available a lot later than this. I think I took him in the fifth in the one draft that we're doing right now. So, so again, this is kind of just to show you where we're at, but you can play with these values as well. This is where, where I like him, but you can maybe get him like two rounds later than this. But this is a guy with a recorded miles per hour of 21.5. Um, looked good in the Polynesian Bowl. That was one game I caught of him in this all-star bracket. Caught two touchdowns, showing off some of that nice athleticism. Um, last week, if anybody caught the last week's episode, we had Matt on. He talked about how he noticed some really nice improvements in, in route running and hip flexibility from Malachi Coleman and some of the one-on-one stuff he's seen. Uh, that made it, uh, that made him a uh, rise for him personally in his ranking. So um, I-, I loved hearing that. Um, it also kind of, you know, perked my ears a little bit that he's kind of been developing a little bit more of that testing technical aspect of, of his uh, abilities. He's going to a situation in Nebraska where he could legitimately push for time on the field in year one, or, or at least have a very good chance of breaking some of those year one zero thresholds. So I like taking the shot on Coleman here. And I think he's going to be a riser in ranks given the opportunity he's going to have this year. Corey taking all the alpha size guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to the three eleven. Let's, let's talk about Keon Brown. Oklahoma commit. He was a back-end four-star, so I'm kind of getting into the my guy territory here. Um, Keon Brown is very similar to Jaron Hamilton, where he is a superb athlete, uh, goes to a great situation, one of those blue blood programs that's got an ambiguous core, so there's opportunity there for him to get on the field early. Uh, I just know that Jeff Levy receivers don't get on the field early, so it's kind of it's kind of really hoping he gets on it early, you know. Um, but again, athletics we see the hip mobility which usually signals that he is like you know able to learn how to run routes has good size i think he's very similar to jaron hamilton the same size um yeah don't quote me on that but i believe the same size and i think both these guys run 21 plus miles per hour by the way so uh but they're not they're like six foot one plus so Corey, please wrap it up for us at the 312 yeah, so at 312, you know, I kind of had the last pick, so I kind of want to have some fun with it maybe. I was kind of thinking of a few names that could have could have picked here. One that popped up was uh, Texas commit wide receiver DeAndre Moore, a uh, sharp route runner who could kind of make an, in, an instant impact in the slot maybe. Um could kind of take a, uh, I was thinking of another guy, tight end slash wide receiver here, Nicholas Harbor, a guy that you had talked about as well. Extremely raw athlete whose athleticism is kind of on par with. Corey, Corey we got tons of more mock draft in the dude next week. What are you doing? Just, <laughs> like I, I haven't even reached to my name yet. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, the guy I honestly wanted most here, who's my RB 10, I believe right now. Um, and this selection oh, running feels, back, what a surprise! Yeah, yeah, and feels a little bit early here. Um, but I know this guy that Matt's kind of high on as well. But he's doing a bit of a favor for me. Um, and if you want to hear me go into him a little bit more, you can catch last week's episode on Freshman Sleepers. But I'm going to talk about Caden Feegan going over to Illinois, mm-hmm. big running back over there, 6'3, 240 pounds, um, moves extremely well for his size. Um, being clocked over 21 miles per hour at that size, um, which is just like puts him in some uh, absurd territory. Um, walks into a pretty nice situation there at Illinois, who's looking for a placement for Chase Brown. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's a few names here that I would have considered um, with this last pick, but honestly, that's where my heart is leaning. And I feel like I'm going to be a lot higher on this guy than a lot of other people. You can consider those picks next week when we do the rest of our mock draft. <laughs> See, you just you just spring it on me that we're having more of a mock draft, and all right, yeah. Next, <laughs> next week you'll get more names. <laughs> all right, let me let me see if I can survive this this uh, recap here. At the three oh one, we got the athlete, not athlete. I mean, he's an athlete, but running back going to South Carolina, Dontavius Broswell. 
uh, stuck in an ambiguous RB room. At the 302, we got the Alabama wide receiver two in this class and Jalen Hale, uh, comp to Ja'Cory Brooks, who no one's excited about anyway. Uh, then we got the 303. We got Kendrick Reese-Cano, where we're we're betting on the upside of Lane Kiffin here, but he shows a complete skill set. Looks good. Jeremiah Love, I loved, loved the pick. I love, loved the pick. I like, liked <laughs> the pick, Corey. Yeah, I did. I really did. I, there's no real running backs in Notre Dame, so I really do love the upside there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 305, we finished up the quarterback well here with Sam Levick from uh, Michigan State University. 306, we got Kenny Minchie, Notre Dame commit. Then the 307, we got Lincoln Kineholz, the Ohio State commit, future QBU probably. But anyway, uh, Corey brings it back with another terrible pick in the third wide receiver in the room, with Noah <laughs> Rogers. Probably won't even touch the field, but that's okay, Corey. You're more of an RB guy. Uh, I <laughs> at the 309, we got we got the better Alabama prospect in Jaron Hamilton. At 310, we got Malachi Coleman going to the going to the land of the corn. And at 311, we got Keon Brown, o- Oklahoma State commit. Uh, hopefully gets that that chemistry going with Jackson Arnold early. And at the three twelve, I forgot because Corey listed off five. Got Corey, who do you, who do you who'd you pick here? Uh, uh Caden, Caden Feigen, Caden right? Feigen, I guess. Yeah, we'll go. With yeah, Caden where, Feigen, and where is he going again? Illinois. Oh, you can say it right that time. You couldn't say it right the first two times. I was trying to set you up. <laughs> where did I say the first two times? You keep pronouncing the yes. I don't oh, want to okay. repeat it myself. I don't want to be embarrassed like that. All right. See, this is why what happens when you get a Canadian to do these shows, man. <laughs> it's hard to be perfect all right guys that's gonna wrap up our show for tomorrow for tonight let's <laughs> gonna wrap up our show let's get out of here man you can't even make it through the- <laughs> i need to get to bed uh that wraps up our show we're gonna do two more rounds of the mock draft next week we're gonna do a little bit of a combine primer here we're just gonna do some bets on who's gonna come in and underweight overweight who's lying about their height you know that kind of that fun stuff uh that people lie about on tinder but they also now lie about at the combine so um that's going to do it for tonight. Please check out all the freshman stuff we're doing right now. The freshman guide has been fantastic. Last year was my first year doing freshman evaluation. Now, I waited till I got the guide. So I kind of already had everyone's notes, and I did my own personal evaluation. And my, I actually love my freshman range from last year, Corey. I killed it. Like, of my 13 guys, like, seven of them are still in my top 10. Like, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So the freshman guy just knocked it out of the park. Please check that out. And then check out the – campus again podcast feed we got chasing the natty we got tons of great content here the off season doesn't stop for us we we just have a good time digging through dev charts and just trying to project forward once again guys from Corey and from mike good night and good luck <laughs>